Consensus 1234 invites you to get this with Tony Martin and Greg Fleet. Good morning, everybody, wherever you might be, and good morning, Ed Cavalier. Morning, Tone. Morning, morning. In the sidecar, a massive round, if you would, Mr. Beer, for Greg Fleet. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I love the... Uh, it's the first time I've ever seen the studio since you've had the audience put in here. Amazing. <laughs> well, this is the haunted studio, so anything could happen. Things could go wrong. <laughs> it's cursed. It's mm. like the house in Poltergeist. As long as it's... <laughs> So long as it's not uh, the guy from Bad Boy, Bubby, playing the, the first villain on the Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> Nicholas is Hope. Is Nicholas Hope in the Scooby-Doo he's, movie? He's got a, like a fake animal head on and he actually gets to say the line, if it wasn't for you pesky, oh, yes. I got away with it. Yes. Oh, look, that's the sort of thing people say when they're in the haunted studio. <laughs> There it is. It's spooky. Oh. I love it. We've already had an obscure film reference. Yeah. And we haven't really welcomed you prom- <laughs> properly to the show. What is going on, Flea? I've read that you are the most seditious comedian in Australia. What does that mean? Uh, it means I put rohypnol in people's drinks. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. no, that's sedacious. To me. So, um, no, it, uh, it, I don't know, really. It just means uh, that I'm... I'm more seditious than Will Anderson, which is, you know, right. means I'm right on the cutting edge. <laughs> but how did you get this? Is this in a water of you just announced yourself to be this? Uh, pretty much I announced it. Uh, Will and I just tossed a coin. And uh, it was, a, basically there was a few people, there was about seven people, it was Will and, my, and myself and uh, um, uh, actually Joe Dolce. Was right. Joe Dolce did, it was basically a night at the old Melbourne jail. Oh, whole, so this is an award ceremony? Yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. It's like the Academy Awards. <laughs> But for, for speaking badly about the government. <laughs> and how did Joe Dolce get in there? I've got What's no the idea. matter, you? Government. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, your government. He was great. He did this thing where he, I was talking to him all night and uh, and then I had to go at the end and we'd done our bit and like Will had been on, I'd done my bit, everyone sort of, and Joe hadn't gone on yet. And he went, oh, come and see what I'm going to do. And he had a... He had like a, um, like a, you know, those bomb kind of vests made out of tinnies, like made out of cans of beer. Right. And he, had the, he was wearing that. And he had just, his act involved getting a huge bit of redwood and a chainsaw, nailing a harmonica to the chainsaw and then cutting it up and making a fairly direct but fairly obscure political statement. Wow. Joe Dolce's just, I didn't know he was that interesting. I'm sorry. He's, he's really interesting. There's so much more than shut up your face. We've been making jokes and yet he's... The new Lenny Bruce. <laughs> What's the matter, you? <laughs> okay, so they've had this <laughs> award ceremony. This is to find out who can, who's in danger of being arrested the most. Is that what that's I, about? I think it was basically, uh, yeah, it was one of those things where you, you got to do your act, and at the end, the judging criteria was uh, how long you would spend in prison if, uh, <laughs> if there were any police there. Um, and the guy who came second got 14 years, and I was sentenced to. 49 years. <laughs> what did you do? What did you do that was so... Da- or could you even say on the radio? I uh, probably couldn't quote it directly, but no. I, I definitely encouraged people <laughs> to uh, rise up and end the existence of certain members of right. Parliament, oh, right. especially important ones, That's or one. F- that is fine if you're Hugo Weaving and you've got a wooden mask on. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> then you can go and see it in a multiplex with a Coca-Cola in your hand, apparently. I know, I, sh- I, have, I should have called it V for Vendetta instead of F for Fleety. <laughs> they just came straight around to my house. <laughs> I keep seeing you on, uh, you know, if you watch cable TV enough and you're watching it about three in the morning, you'll <laughs> inevitably turn up in something. What are you doing in Time Gentlemen, Please? It's an What's eng- that? Time Gentlemen, Please is an English sitcom set in a pub. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then Fleety just keeps showing up as the token Aussie bloke. Yeah, the most Aussie bloke in the world. 
And uh, it's actually very weird because uh, essentially I got business class airfares and a lot of English money right. to go and pretend to have sex with the girl, the, the daughter from Abfab. You know, oh, Julia Swahala. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so right. It was like, mm, tough call. Okay, then. <laughs> and uh, she, the weird thing about her, though, she plays an Aussie barmaid. Oh, right. And oh. she, when I was doing it, because I actually am Aussie, she sounded like intensely South African. <laughs> you know? so, oh, I'm, I'm incredibly Aussie. You know? <laughs> no, Get away. That's, <laughs> that's usually when they try and do a New Zealand accent, it comes out as South African. Well, I think she just went, oh, you know, somewhere that plays cricket that isn't like Pakistan <laughs> or England. But how did you <laughs> get know. selected to do that? Uh, I think it was primarily nepotism. Right. Because I knew right. Stuart Lee and, and, oh, okay, and Stuart uh, Lee. Al Murray. It's Al Murray, the pub landlord, is the okay. kind of character. And they just rang up and said and also because I used to do a bit of stand up about being the Aussiest bloke in the world right and they've and, just taken that as yeah, they just went, non-fiction yeah well also it means we don't have to write anything we can just <laughs> right. get, get him to say that Lady <laughs> says something 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 yeah. uh, end of scene and what was the most Aussie thing you said uh, I think at one stage I said um, I remember saying I'm Aussie <laughs> if I was any more Aussie I'd have a hat on <laughs> right. And they were happy with that? And they went, what sort of hat? And I said, a hat. They said, a hat with corks. And I said, no, a hat made out of one bit of cork. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, let's see if we can go more Aussie than that. Do you want to stick around for the rest of the hour, Greg? Yeah, but only because you, uh, you played metal as anything earlier. <laughs> well, <laughs> who knows what's coming up now. I'll get this. Oh. That's your John Lennon here at Triple M. It's Get This right around the nation. Welcome to a new week of it, everybody. Greg Fleet is sitting in for the whole program, and uh, I thought I'd just see what was in the papers, Fleeting. What's happened to Keith Richards? Fallen out of the tree. <laughs> <laughs> How did that happen? I've got no idea. I reckon you'd have to be giving it. Yeah, where is it? Where is it, Ronnie? Because he and Ronnie... Like, that's when I got suspicious when they said he and Ronnie Wood were climbing a coconut tree. Right. Like, yeah, where is it, Ronnie? I don't know. The geezer said he put it up the tree. <laughs> it's well tall, but it's worth it, isn't it? Well, I love he says he no longer uh, does um, drugs, but he drinks something called nuclear waste. <laughs> <laughs> For a moment, I was just assuming that was the name of a drink. And then I've no, just gone, nah. It's, it's real. It's straight plutonium. I think what, what happened was Ronnie Wood lost something up the tree but because right. Keith drinks nuclear waste he actually glows in the dark so he's sort of like a torch he's <laughs> the Rolling Stones torch send him up first uh, what else is going on well here's some uh, drug news ice now I don't know much about ice and obviously it's a serious business young people taking ice but I like this in one recent case it took eight officers using three cans of capsicum spray to subdue a violent man after using the drug eight guys Three cans of capsicum spray on one bloke. That's what. It <laughs> okay, bring another one. <laughs> woo, woo. Bring four more men. <laughs> Is it that powerful that you need three full cans of capsicum spray? That's how much much it takes to subdue one guy. You don't need that much to make a pizza. I reckon. <laughs> I reckon it sounds also the way it's written. It says, in one recent case, it took eight officers using three cans of capsule straight to, to subdue a violent man after using the drug. It sounds like the eight police took ice <laughs> and then just lost their minds with this guy and started spraying capsicum spray on him. Let's see if we can turn him into a capsicum. <laughs> oh, I don't feel any more vegetative, but my eyes really hurt. <laughs> what else have we got here? A newspaper promotion for Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible 3 got off to an explosive start when an mm -hmm. arson squad or an arson squad 
blew up a Californian newsstand thinking it contained a bomb. In fact, it contained a plastic box with protruding wires, which was part of a promotional uh, gimmick for Mission Impossible 3. So far, so far 3,000 Americans have been killed in the promotional exercises for Tom Cruise's new film, rivaling only the Iraq War for tragedy. When will the madness end? News, blowing up newsstands with Tom Cruise on them. Um, I'm trying to see what the other big stories are. I'm, I'm veering away from this, uh, the Deputy Prime Minister of England involved in a sex scandal. Mm, yeah. Have you seen, I haven't got the one with the photos yet. Have you seen that? He's not attractive. No, he's <laughs> not. <laughs> Whenever there's English politicians in sex scandals, stand by to see the ugliest man in the world oh, and try not to picture him dancing. having sex. There's always photographs of him drunkenly dancing yeah. as well. Like, you go, yeah. I'm the Deputy Prime Minister. I think I'll pick up this lady and have someone take me photo. Cool, blimey. And you always see, like you say, the ugliest picture of a person you've ever seen and the words rumpy pumpy. Yes. Oh, yeah. They always have like really nauseating terms for sexual intercourse. <laughs> How much uglier can the story get? The pair had sex in his office with the door open and public servants working outside because that's a turn on. And also a really good way not to get caught. <laughs> Maybe if we leave the door open, it will be so obvious that, that people will see us and just think they're imagining it. Let's <laughs> the outside there calculating GST. Let's get it on. That's a bit of hoppo bumpo. <laughs> hoppo bumpo. Uh, they also, you know, I love it. In a hotel while the wife was downstairs and immediately oh. after attending a memorial service for soldiers killed in Iraq. Oh. <laughs> Give over. That's wow. a right knees up. <laughs> they also had office sex Clinton and Lewinsky style. <laughs> the Daily Mail coyly claimed. What, they be, they pretended to be American? <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly. Uh, I've never tried having sex Clinton and Lewinsky style. Yeah. I've never tried having sex. They're trying to leak because, I mean, Clinton and Lewinsky, I mean, massively attractive compared to the people involved in this yeah. story. Maybe that was their theory. If we do it the way they did it, we'll just be transformed into ravishing beauties and we'll stop using really weird innuendo words for sex. What I like, Fleety, is you're in here and you're able to talk about stuff without Wendy Harmer telling you to stop. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's what, what I'm enjoying. Reason. That's the reason I agreed to do this, but I, I keep looking around going, where is she? Where is she? It's like, like you're, you're going to be slapped with a metal ruler. <laughs> I was once on you guys' show, and I love that show, yeah. but I remember once being on it and you were off on some tangent. And, and Harmer's just come in with, no, Greg, stop that. That's not going anywhere and it's not funny. <laughs> and I'm thinking, has she hit the cough button? You know the button? Is that oh, going no. to air? Yes. <laughs> that yeah. would actually go to air. Yeah, occasionally she'd uh, just let fly with that. And it was kind of good because every now and then the thing I found was that I would actually develop a kind of natural confidence. And it was kind of good that she made sure that was nipped in the bud. <laughs> <laughs> I think the best kind of radio is produced when people are not only afraid, but also doubting their ability. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep people on the knife edge of their own psyches. Um, you know, we haven't uh, actually electrocuted anybody, and it's what? We're almost a quarter of the way through the program. Well, thank goodness for that. We are going to rectify that in just a few moments. Get this. I can tell you one thing. If I have anything to do with it, it will never occur again. For Census 1234 on Triple M. And that'd be the new look in excess on Get This. Improved. And improved in excess. And better. <laughs> I didn't know that was them. That was them. Oh, damn. <laughs> you know what? My, uh, my girlfriend, although we had a fight this morning, we may not be girlfriend and boyfriend. Oh, okay. Um, she, uh, <laughs> I'm sure this is helping. <laughs> she, she, 
She uh, did a bit of hoppo bumpo with my collection. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the disturbing English uh, tabloid sex, yeah. in case you're wondering. So if you had hoppo bumpo with Michael Hutchins, give us a call. <laughs> Greg Fleet is sitting in with us. Uh, fine show on at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. I know our show does seem very Melbourne Comedy Festival-centric at the no. moment, but it's just because there's so many guests that oh, yeah. we're just farming through. Yeah, but I mean, really, you'll find with the quality guests such as myself, there's no gratuitous self-promotion. It's no. all about the audience. Uh, yeah. you know? And uh, what about... Big Brother, have you been? Because that's been going at the same time. So well, uh, obviously, your show would be stopping you from enjoying it every night. Kind of, except I've got one of those uh, sort of spy watches with a TV right. on it, oh, and I just okay. watch it. I just hold it up during the show and watch it, and just mouth the words to my show. <laughs> Some people say it's like I'm not really caring about my show, <laughs> and, uh, but I I think it's more that I'm caring about Big Brother. Exactly. <laughs> we were talking last week how they're going to start electrocuting people on the show. Mm. Everyone thought we were making it up and it was an exaggeration, but no. Last night they started electrocuting the housemates. Yeah. Well, like they to asked death. The, yeah. Well, not well, not so far. They've <laughs> got right, to say okay. something for the final oh, right, stretch. But they were they're going to be asking them questions, and if they get them wrong, they electrocute. Highly them. likely. Yeah. Because that's what we were thinking. We're going well. Obviously, the questions won't be you know about world affairs no. or literature. No. <laughs> what what will, the difference between left and right? You know? What will the topics be? Have a listen to this. Which housemate was first to get into the spa? Camilla? Incorrect. There you go. See, that's a topic that they would know something about. Although they still got it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't well, they have remembered who got into the spa first? Well, you'd hope so. Wouldn't you know? that have been like the biggest moment on television <laughs> of the year? Someone on Big Brother gets into the spa. <laughs> Isn't that what we all wait for? Yeah. The questions only got tougher. When the boys ranked the girls from most to least likely to pick up in a club, which housemate was ranked third? Karen. Incorrect. What kind of club, though? Any any sort of club, really. I was going to say, from most or least likely to pick up an echidna. (laughs) (laughs) Well, who'd do that? (laughs) (laughs) There'd be a minute while they try and work out what an echidna is. (laughs) But, uh, no, the questions, though, did get quite interesting. Which housemate has gone on record stating Stephen Seagal is the person from history they'd most (laughs) like to pash? No, it's another electrocution. But that really did get my attention because, firstly, what kind of person would want to pash Steven Seagal, given... Steven Seagal would. That you, true. But given that you've got everyone from history. Firstly, Steven Seagal, someone from history. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Who from history? Oh, Steven Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> Remember he was in Out for Justice. <laughs> it was a toss-up between Steven Seagal, Socrates and Albert Camus. <laughs> <laughs> but what... But okay, let's just assume that, that Steven Seagal is, quote, someone from history. Who wants to pash Steven Seagal aside from him? He's getting around. He pretty much looks like a Chinese restaurant these days, <laughs> as you've seen him. He's getting around a kind of Nehru jacket. I watched On Deadly Ground the other day. It was on television. Have you seen that, that one? one? Is that the one he directed that ends with him doing a speech about the environment? <laughs> you betcha. I he, saw it too. He shoots up a whole lot of people and then puts the gun down, does a serious speech about yeah. the environment. Yeah. That is fantastic. I, I find any reference to Segers in public, <laughs> as I call him, Stephen Segar, but just, re- just referencing Segers in public is quite insane. Like, whoever did that will be very voted out. <laughs> but why were you watching On Deadly Ground? Because it was awesome. It started, and it started with a, 
like a, a hawk like landing yeah. on on a, on a branch, and I thought, hmm, mm. I like where this is going, ominous. <laughs> yeah. hey, someone's going to get kicked in the face pretty soon. <laughs> but he, but everyone that he kicked in the face in that movie, he then gave a lecture to about changing their life. Yeah. Is, is that the one where he and a woman? Have a massive gunfight in the hallway of a hotel with a whole bunch of other guys. Ooh, that could be about Testing seven of them. And yeah. does he do the splits up on a wall? Oh, no, sorry, that's John claude Van Damme. <laughs> that was Time Cop. Sorry, he <laughs> can't do the splits anymore. Let's get back to Big Brother. Have okay. a listen to this moment. Crystal, yeah. open the envelope. Yeah, Read the letter out loud. <clears throat> in order to pass this week's task, housemates had to score more than 20 points. Yeah! She can read. <laughs> she can actually read. Well, that proves it's not Amanda Vanstone. <laughs> well, you sitting there going, there's no way that she's going to be well, able to thought, read. Yeah, That's yeah. what I thought. This oh, hang is on. Big Brother. What's this? Greg, oh. this question is for you. Hang on. Uh, Which, if any of your co-hosts recently purchased a brown three-piece corduroy suit and when they tried to wear it in the street was accused of being, quote, a poof. Oh, sorry, Greg, to just stop. Um, we never know when Big Brother's uh, going to speak. I knew this had happened. This is this happened to me the last time I came into an austereo <laughs> building. Um, I, look, I'm going to have to go with Tony Martin. Zap him. Zap him. Zap you, Big Brother. I would buy a three-piece corduroy. So it was the poof part that was ringing true, I'm assuming. <laughs> it was... I just thought you'd do it for the good of comedy. <laughs> Ed Cavalli over there. Uh, it was a, I knew it was either Tony Martin or Ed Cavalli. It was one of those. Uh, or me, possibly. <laughs> or a three-piece corduroy suit. How long? How many seconds before someone called you a bull? Uh, I, I live in the city and I got uh, one full city block. <laughs> oh, that is sensational. Just this oh, is Big Brother. Hang on. Ed, <gasps> this question is for you. Yeah, what? On Thursdays, get this. You claimed... Never to have heard of the TV show Hawaii Five O. That's true. Uh, which of the following is not a real TV program? Uh, here we go. One, my mother, the car. Two, the flying nun. Three, oh no, it's Selwyn Froggart. Four, Vi's pad. Uh, sadly, I think I've watched the other three. The first one. Get him. Give him a little electricity. My mother. My mother. The car was a real show where oh. a bloke's mother turned into a car. <laughs> was it? Did she die or something? And a ghost, her spirit came back yeah. and haunted the car. What kind of car? Uh, 1974 Humber. Sweet. <laughs> no, I made that up. It was made in the 60s. Oh. His big brother. Oh, not again. Tony, oh. this question is for you. Wheels have turned. Someone in this room is leaving unnecessary pauses <laughs> in all their sentences. Well, that's you, big brother. <laughs> oh, that's smart. Oh. And then there's more, I think. Also, oh. on Friday's show, when you thanked everybody at the end, yeah, yeah, yeah. you left out. Katie on the phone. I know that's. Oh! Oh! Sorry, Katie. Don't be leaving out in that phone, lady. That, that wasn't meant to happen. And Bear, this one's for you. <laughs> Your microphone wasn't on, so here's another. <laughs> oh! 
<laughs> oh, that, that, that looked horrible. Bear's one must have been turned up to like 15. He got stuck. You know, they turn the dial up and get stuck. Oh, Finally, oh. Greg. Oh, no. Oh, in 1985, yes. you guest starred in an episode of Prisoner. Oh, I saw that one. Uh-huh. What uh-huh. was your character's name? Uh, Delivery Man 2. <laughs> he what? I was so <laughs> sure. I was so sure oh, you would never get oh, that oh, one. I Greg. Knew, you know why I knew that? Because the guy who played Delivery Man 1 <laughs> took me aside... And we, we were both tiny roles, and he took me aside. He was this older, older, bitterer actor. Took me aside and went, at one stage, went, uh, listen, mate, I think if you look at the uh, roles, Delivery Man 1, Delivery Man 2, you're upstage. And start acting like Delivery Man 2. He'd be like, it was so, I will never forget that moment in my life. It was just like, excuse me, Hamlet, Gravedigger. Get it? Back away from the tent, buddy. Well, I, I was so sure you would never Bad. get that in a million years. Just electric you. Oh! That was money in the bank, Greg. You should have seen his face this morning. He was so happy. Hang on, are we machine gunning? Oh! That's what they've got to have to introduce. Oh, you shouldn't have hired Al Capone as the guy to turn on the electricity. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Road to Nowhere, that's the Talking Heads at Triple M. Let's get this, Greg Fleet sitting in. There's a show starting on the... I don't know if it's starting, but it's on the ABC tonight called Talking Heads, and it's a new chat show. Oh, really? And you go, well, first there was a band called Talking Heads, mm, fair enough. Yep. But then there was that Alan Bennett series called Talking Heads. Uh-huh. That was... I know that's not a particularly <laughs> Triple M thing to mention. <laughs> yeah. Alan Bennett, I apologise. Um, didn't didn't it, he invent the boat? I think he did. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so hang on, so there's already been a show called Talking Heads quite recently on the ABC and they've come up with a new show and they've gone, let's just call it Talking Heads. If it ain't broke, Tone. Yeah, absolutely. I, I believe Channel 10 next year, all of their shows are going to be called Big Brother. <laughs> Why not? I think they are at the moment. How's <laughs> uh, that? Oh, I've got a new current affairs show. Oh, let's just call it the 7.30 report. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. It'll be on at four in the afternoon. <laughs> Maybe you'd remember the old one, would they? What's what going on? Hey, uh, the... Um, a bit of an update on the uh, on the man who played Delivery Man One. Oh, in prisoner. Stella Korea. Uh, he that was Stella Korea. Yeah, in yeah, case you're just tuning in, we we tried. We just heard that Greg played Delivery Man Two in an episode yep. of Prisoner and was taken aside by the bloke playing Delivery Man One. Yeah. And pretty much, you know, given that run through that a lot of young actors get by much more experienced, <laughs> far more talented people playing glorified extras in shows. <laughs> what can you tell us about well, Mr. X? I, I think the reason that he uh, that he pulled Greg aside is because he was re- bringing back the character of Delivery Man 1, which he'd played in an episode a year earlier. Are you joking? Yeah. Oh. And then he followed oh. that up with an amazing turn as a truck driver. They got him back to play Man 2. They still talk about that one. And then, <laughs> after his triumph... But is Man 2 like a kind of an African name, or is it actually like Man and then the number 2? Both. Oh, wow. Uh, and then, after you tried to destroy his delivery man one he came back as, oh. as trucker right a year later that's oh. not to be confused with his truck driver earlier yeah yeah, yeah. it's completely different yeah it's a completely different role so he was in prisoner five times yeah, yeah. but and twice as delivery man one always in a van uh <laughs> so so it, what's happened you so it's like mate delivery man one's established people like him he's got a style he's got a pace yeah. don't come in and mess with that yeah you, you, to me you're looking a little like you've been derivative of delivery <laughs> there man it one. is get your own style lift the boxes a different way you know you lift with your back i lift with my legs i've done it before you haven't that kind of thing yeah, it's so true yeah. and then uh but the best one i think anyway but the highlight 2001 he played sleazy client Oh. In what? In Sleazy Client, he had the epi- title role. In an episode of Stingers. <laughs> Stingers? Episode. Okay. I thought Sleazy Client was the follow-up to Pacific Banana. <laughs>
Oh, look. I, th- I think if we're going to go down this kind of path, hit them. Hit them. Yeah. Mountain. Since we've got Flutie in, let's mention some obscure TV programs. Because <laughs> you never do that, Tony. No. you never do that otherwise. I mean, this is the only show where we don't talk about football on Triple M and we try and go down the other end of the pool. Absolutely, and I think uh, what could be less footy than really obscure TV shows? <laughs> well, look, earlier, because it's interesting, because, Ed, you, you hadn't heard of any of those shows I mentioned? No, I, the, I, the Flying Nun, Sally Field's yeah. hot. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. really? <laughs> hey. Has that ever been said before? <laughs> that's, that's a nun you're talking about, my friend. <laughs> a yeah. hot nun that flies. Be keeping your crazy, <laughs> lustful <laughs> thoughts away from our, our good God-fearing nuns. Just because she's flying doesn't mean she's available. <laughs> Or on drugs. You. <laughs> and you'd never heard of Oh No, It's Selwyn Froggett? No, I, I, the Selwyn Froggett bit I'd heard of, so yeah. I thought, oh no, they'd call a show that. That was a sitcom in the uh, in the 70s, a British oh, sitcom. I was actually going, that's clearly the one you've made up. <laughs> no, they were, that was the trick. They were all real. And Vi's pad. The Vi's are, surely. Uh, no, no, it was a woman oh. called Vi Greenhalf Greenhalf oh. who had a show in the 70s and they gave her a chat show and she thought, I'll call it Vi's pad. Yeah. <laughs> She was called Vi Greenhalf because she was actually, weirdly, uh, she's from Northern Ireland, and she was half of her was orange and the other half was green. If, and, uh, if this was Wendy Harmer's show, she would have turned off your microphone <laughs> halfway through that <laughs> sentence. I've told you before, lady, no, secreta- no sectarian humour. <laughs> how does this involve the listeners? Because I want to yeah. talk about, uh, well, firstly, the HBO. How many good shows do they make, the HBO mm-hmm. in America? Um, they are, it's like the second coming of... MGM in the 30s or something, isn't it? sensational. They make um, The Sopranos. Can we please have that new series? Oh, yeah. That's already going out. Is it already on air in America? (laughs) It's already been going out for months. Channel 9, no sign of it coming up on the schedules. You've got the uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, great show. They make uh, Entourage that people like. That's good too, yeah. Deadwood. How good is Uh, Deadwood? I believe... I'm going to make a big statement, as though this is a football show. We'll sure, that's, that's uh, how it works. Listen, uh, listen, fellas, I just want to say, I want to go on record right now by yeah, saying yeah, Deadwood, the best television show I've ever seen Be cool, be cool. Back in your box, chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is, I really do, I believe that. It's. I've never seen, I, I'm amazed by Deadwood. I, I, yeah. I am, I'm hanging out for the third series. It's yeah. just the weirdest most bizarre, fantastic show I've ever seen. Get the DVDs and, and don't just judge it on the first one because no, no. it takes a couple to get in. Oh, yeah. yeah but yeah. people are saying, and this is because Six Feet Under, which uh, I haven't been watching because I find when someone dies in your family, you can't watch Six Feet Under for a little while. That's what happened to us. Yeah. It's, it's fairly obsessed with death, yeah, I think. It's kind of similar to Deadwood. If, if someone in your family gets shot by a cowboy, <laughs> yeah. you don't want to be going there for a while. <laughs> if you get thrown into a trough of pigs and eaten, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. just can't watch it yeah. for a while. By, by swearing murderous cowboys. <laughs> but as I understand it, Six Feet Under, another top view from the HBO. Yeah, great show. And so they've started running it on uh, Channel 9, the new series, and then um, uh, Robert Fidgen, the erudite critic for the Melbourne Herald Sun, has gone, well, no one's watching it, so what was all the fuss about? And then a whole volley of fans of the show have written into the paper going, the reason no one's watching it is because Channel 9 took so long to play it, we've all seen it on DVD, or we've yeah, ordered mm, the DVDs mm, from overseas, yeah. or we've, you know... Go on there, pick them up. Whatever you do on the internet to watch shows. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we want to talk about today. We finally got there. <sighs> we want you to call us up with stuff you've got off DVD, possibly from overseas, because you just couldn't wait for the damn networks to pull the finger out and show it on the telly. Yeah. 
We want to hear about stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah, it just shows that you dig, you, you know, they aren't getting the, the love they deserve. Yeah. Well, and I, I think often that can involve being interrupted by commercials as well. People just go, it's such a great show, the way it flows, the way it works. I don't want to see it, you know, just go, oh, my God, it's getting really important. Bit. Oh, it's 13, 13, 33. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't, it affects Al Swearingen's ability to <laughs> swear continuously for 50 minutes. I just love the fact that his name is Al Swearingen. And that was his real name. <laughs> I know. He was a real guy. Yeah. All right, all right. All right. What's the number to call in? Uh, one triple three five three. Call us now. Get this. More sensible talk. For census one two three four on Triple M. Oh, since you've been gone, that'll be Kelly Clarkson here. Uh, Get this. We're trying to throw this segment together with the assistance of Greg Fleet, and that makes it harder, doesn't it? It does make <laughs> it harder. <laughs> Because we're just having our own conversation about the topic. Yeah. And we've got to talk about it with the listeners. And what we're talking about is shows that you just can't wait to come on the telly that you've had to order the DVDs or somehow illegally get them off the internet. And I think Scott has an example of exactly that. Scott, are you there? Uh, Yeah. Hi, how are you going, fellas? Hey, Scott. Good, Scotty. What have you uh, been hanging out for? Uh, Me and my mates are all big Sopranos fans. Oh, yes. Uh, Give that a round. So Series 6 is on. It's been on for like, what, are they nearly finished it by now? Uh, episode 7 was on last uh, all, It'll be on now in America Right And I'll have sources onto it within hours <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic Now, do you um, is, this, uh, is this all above board? Strictly legal or not really? Well, I don't know So can you just keep talking for a couple more seconds? We're just tracing the call <laughs> <laughs> so every, night, every week we get it And we sit by the computer and watch it Oh, that's, oh that's romantic. That's nice. <laughs> <It is. laughs> I saw um, I saw that guy, little Stevie. Uh, yeah, excuse me. from uh, the E Street Band. Yeah, I saw him interviewed, and they were saying, I read an interview, with him and they were saying, who do you reckon? You know, they asked him all these really serious questions about the show and about music and everything. And they said, who do you think would win out of a fight between the Corleone family and the Sopranos? <laughs> His answer was, hey, show a little beep respect. <laughs> 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 and, and Scott, obviously, you, can, you don't want to give anything away. Please don't give it anything away. But it, it's a top view, isn't it? The new series. Uh, first couple of episodes have been fantastic. It's uh, the, the couple in the middle have been. Uh, oh, not up to scratch. Oh, uh, no, I wouldn't say up to scratch. They're just f- filling time, trying to get a story going. Uh, what, you, what you're saying is that the show kind of loses its edge after Tony gets shot in the second episode. <laughs> killed. <laughs> oh, what have I done? I've given it away. But, as, as one of my friends says, Channel Nine has forced us to do this. Uh, Absolutely so true. Well, I uh, one of the Melbourne papers asked when they were going to play it, and they said there's no plans to show it at this stage at all, and certainly not before July. Oh. That is outrageous. I, I think the reason that there might be lack of story momentum, if that's what you're complaining about, is they were only going to make 10 episodes and they had so much gear that they... And it was going to be the last 10 episodes. They went, let's make 20. Oh. So they're making another eight more. Yeah, I think they've got... Those, the 12 is the sixth series and then there'll be eight. Sorry, this is... We're getting yeah, way thanks, too nerds. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Scott. Hi, Simon. How you doing? Good morning. How are you? Good, mate. What's up? Well, in 2004, um, it took Channel 9 43 weeks to show 17 episodes of Friends. Wow! And how did they pad that out? Well, let's just say between episode 10 and between episode 11, there were 22 weeks of repeats. Wow. Right. The same episode every week. Well, no, no, no. Not the same episode, (laughs) but just the viewer's choice and all that rubbish and things like that. So my girlfriend and I uh, sent off to America or ordered over the internet. We got the final episode on DVD, which we watched weeks in advance, and then we lent it to a as many people as possible so that they wouldn't have to watch it when it was on TV. Yeah. Oh, it that's is pretty cruel the way they just dole yeah, out. Yeah, 
That's the crumbs, isn't it? They do stuff like that all the time. I, I, I once shot a pilot for Channel 9 because uh, Kerry needed another kidney. And, uh, you know, how many are going to give them to you for free, yeah? Um, that's just a little... Oh, Kia, see, I've just proven i still got what it takes. The magic, my friends. Just comes, I can't control it. It's, yeah, just, uh, it's a crazy vibe. Come and see my show. It's just that joke. Wendy Harmer's calling. Get him off. That's her message. He's being funny or not funny. Get him off. <laughs> right. Is there an end to the story? No, basically it's just a Sweet. cheap, just a cheap, just a cheap. I shot a pilot, i.e., you know, oh, a helicopter yeah, pilot, yeah, kidney joke. Because right, yeah. I was, I was keen to hear what the yeah, pilot would have been. It was called "Give me a kidney." Uh, Jeremy is on the line. Hey, Are Jeremy? you there, Jeremy? Yeah, good day. How's it going? Good. What good, are you mate. hanging out for? Well, that would be the Mighty Bush season yeah, three. Yeah, oh, Mighty Bush, I which is uh, shown on SBS, or the first series was. That's right. They had uh, two years ago. I think they showed uh, series one, and I, from what I know, the people I talked to, it was very popular. So good. Starring Julian Barry, of course, with Noel Fielding, who've been to the comedy festival many times. Yeah, yep. Don't touch me. I'll, I'll, I'll come at you, man. I'll put, <laughs> I'm a shapeshifter. I'll put a move on you. That's I will. I will. I will touch your face with a carrot, man. <laughs> and the second series is already out on DVD, and you've ordered that. Yes, yes, we legit from uh, the UK. Uh, had to get it to Northern Ireland, though. They wouldn't send it from England. I don't know, I don't know what was going on there. <laughs> wow, really? Be very careful when you open it. The, yeah. the links that people are going to. Yeah, yeah that's right. great. They are, uh, they are a, great, uh, a great team. And uh, listen, if you play your cards right, I actually know those boys. I might get them to come to your birthday party. Oh, my goodness. There you uh, go. Either them or Zag. Powerful contents. <laughs> Kerry Packer, Zag, Fleety knows them all. I think we've got time for one more caller. Who's that going to be? Who have we got there? What, hi, hi. What is your name, madam? Um, Barbara? Oh, my name's Barbara from Deer Park. Oh, yes. And what have you got on DVD? Um, well, I just downloaded um, season five of 24 every oh, week. Oh, season. Well, to be fair, though, at least 24 does get shown here. It does, but, I mean, they're up to episode 19, and we haven't even got the first one yet. Oh. Yeah, right. Oh, that's a bit harsh. Now, oh, don't, I couldn't wait. Don't give anything away, Barbara. No, Please don't give anything away. But as I understand it, almost everyone gets killed. Oh, well, not yet. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's <laughs> episode 20. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. That's good. Uh, how many seasons do you reckon they'll have of 24? Oh, how many times can they go through that day? 24. <laughs> Maybe that's what it'll be. Season 24 of 24, the 24th <laughs> episode. Uh, look, can I just say, Barbara, you've got an incredibly sexy voice, and I may have broken up with my girlfriend this morning, so just uh, I'm just working the options, my friends, whatever. <laughs> I didn't hear anything you said, I just heard the tone of your voice and that you lived in Deer Park. I've got to go, see, I'll be out there. <laughs> can you stay on the line, Barbara? <laughs> We've got to set something up. <laughs> Thanks to everyone who called us up about breaking the law or doing whatever it is you <laughs> yeah, have to do to see your favourite TV show. It's entrapment. I, like, I think more people should watch Deadwood. I really do. It's Deadwood. unbelievable. I, I'm tempted to... I'm so close to agreeing with you about it being the best show mm. ever. But, you know, I, I'm a bit mouthy. Like, I tend to say things without yeah. actually fully understanding what yeah. I'm committing to. That's right. <laughs> and Wendy that, Harmon loves you for it. Mm, and that's why I got married. <laughs> Triple M. Oh, that music tells us we've waffled on too much. Mm, I reckon that's partially my fault. Oh, look, we love you coming in here to crap on Greg Fleet and of course we know you all we know you from Delivery Man 2 on Prisoner <laughs> absolutely stop is, calling about that people please is that on DVD yet Ed do yeah, we know yeah special features there's actually a, a DVD you can get which is just Delivery Man 2 from Prisoner he was uh, great yeah he's a sensation and a lot of different people played him like uh, me uh, the guy who played Joey Tribbiani and Friends played him for a while <laughs> Ian McShane Ian McShane <laughs> from Ian Lovejoy Stroke Deadwood <laughs> Lovewood Stroke Lovewood Keith Garrity 
Dead Joy. Uh, there was a great letter about, because Lovejoy, which was, Ian McShane is, of course, the uh, fierce Al Swearingen on Deadwood, mm-hmm. but he used to be Lovejoy, the um, antique collecting detective, didn't he? Wasn't he a... He was an antique yeah. dealer who yeah. solved crimes. Yeah, as you do. And I think they're running that on the ABC in the early hours of the morning at the moment. And Evelyn Lawson of Carringal wrote to the Melbourne Age and is saying how great Lovejoy is and says, I enjoy the dialogue, the rural British setting and the facial expressions. <laughs> in that order. <laughs> so if you want to see good facial expressions. As a I rural do. British facial expressions. I want to see good facial expressions. Someone whose facial expressions you cannot read is Adelaide's cardboard mask bandit. Dun, dun, we are going to be following this case. What? Here on Get This. Uh, someone Stay tuned. wearing their own homemade cardboard mask is robbing 7-Eleven. Oh, so you, getting away with it. You might think he was happy, even if he was grumpy, and you wouldn't know. No one would know. We actually oh. don't know what is on the cardboard mask yet. We want to hear more. That'll be coming up later in the week. Thanks for coming in today, Greg. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, it's been it's been a joy. Word Up is your show. It's on at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. It could be coming to your town. Go and see it. And I think our key phrase today was, what was your name for British sex in the tabloids? <laughs> Hoppo Bumpo. <laughs> and we will be back tomorrow with Fifi Box. And it's all thanks to our good friends at Census. One, two, three, four. It's a good idea.